What's going on? I'm I'm waiting for you to start the podcast. You're oh, <laughs> looking at stuff. I've started the recording already. I know you started it. Oh no! You're just looking at websites <laughs> <laughs> while I'm sitting here waiting for you to start the podcast. Hello and welcome to Fuck Me Dead, the podcast that brings you the stories from Australia and its buddies that just make you say, fuck me dead. I'm conglomerate Julio. Oh my good lord, and I am Amanda. I think I already used Julio once, didn't I? I can't remember. <laughs> fuck. Can't help it. Why can't you help it? I, I don't know, I just really like those Spanish J names, like Juan and Julio and things like that. I have oh, no okay. idea why. Right. I, I, mean, I don't know. That's fair enough. What's happening? Wow, same shit as last week, different day on the calendar. <laughs> I have exciting news. What is it? I left the house this week. Oh my god. We got to four weeks before I left the house. And I've got good news. The world is still out there. Is that good news? I mean, I don't know anymore, to be honest. <laughs> I can hear little cat feet. Yes, yeah, same. I was just waiting for the door. I can see feet under the door. Heck yeah. Is that it? Is that is that all? Is that all you've got? That's all I've got. I guess it is hard, but it's literally been like a minute. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if you, I mean, if you want, I can talk about playing Microsoft Flight Simulator. You can if you want, but I can't imagine anything. Um, anything what? More not entertaining. <laughs> mm. I I I I struggle to know the appeal. I guess unless you're like super into planes. Are you super into planes? I wouldn't say I'm super into planes, but I guess it helps that I'm technically in the industry and that I really just enjoy looking at Google Earth satellite footage. And this game is basically like flying through 3D renders of that instead. Okay. So I think that's why I'm enjoying it so much. <laughs> I don't know. I look over at your, your screen and like a lot of nothing is happening. So I don't get it. That's flying. <laughs> So that's what you've been doing all week? I've done it a lot. Mostly flying around Papua New Guinea. Oh, yeah? Yep, we've got to fly from um, Hastings to Rabaul next. Although the Rabaul airport isn't actually at Rabaul. It's about an hour's drive away. But You know, when there's a volcano in the town, it's kind of dangerous having the airport so close. Maybe. Also, they had to remove Rabaul because it got blown up by the last time the volcano went up, so. <laughs> okay. Mm. I wonder if, like, the flight simulator is quite popular at the moment because people can't take actual flights. Could be. I think a couple of weeks, a lot of people will stop playing it. I don't even know if I'll keep playing. That's why I got on Game Pass, because I'm like, I don't know if I want to invest the actual money in it. Mm. But I think if it's on Game Pass and you've got the 94 gigabytes of space, you might as well download it and have a go. It's a lot of fun if you're into that kind of thing, I suppose. Um, <laughs> it's very interesting how they've designed it in terms of how they took all the satellite data footage and built a game out of it, which is kind of cool. And then the weird things that have happened in it because of that, like how there's so many rivers that go up. <laughs> They're not using their own data, right? So I think they're using like Bing and shit. And yeah. then there's the Melbourne monolith. <laughs> uh, so yes. up the road from us, if you fly there in Melbourne in Microsoft Flight Simulator, there's a 212-story needle-thin skyscraper yeah, it's, monolith. It's pretty amazing. Overlooking a very large cemetery. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that's there because they've some of the data they've used is like from open source maps where people can say how many stories a building has. And the guy who did that building has clearly had a typo and put in yeah. 212 <laughs> instead of two. Oh, dear. I haven't really done anything this week either apart from work and play Rainbow Six. About it. Well, you won your competition. It's true. So, well, you didn't win the competition, but you won a round. Which is the first time our team had won a round, so... It's improvement. <laughs> it is improvement. Sounds good. But, yeah, that's pretty much all I've done. I haven't really done anything else. Hence why we should probably just start our stories before yeah. people go, fuck, I'm sick of these people saying they haven't done anything. Well, I mean, give us a break. We're in Melbourne. Can't do anything. Yeah. All we have is stay at home, drink beer. I don't even have that. Drink scotch. <laughs> okay, well, what's the uh, the tone of your stories this week? Um, They're all Kiwi stories. Oh, okay. And I'd say they're all rather lighthearted. Okay. So no deaths, no... No death. I actually wrote my notes ahead of time for once in my life, and um, I actually can't remember if anyone dies in mine. Bum, bum, bum. I just finished my beer, though, so... No one dies in mine. <gasps> oh, my God. It happened without us even trying. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. So yeah, mine are pretty lighthearted as well. I don't have anything like dark or, uh, you know, not the usual kind of content I bring you. I feel like maybe we don't need that right now. I've got a story I really want to do, but yeah, I wasn't feeling it this week. Yeah, same. I, um, I've um, i been thinking because we were doing like UFOs and aliens and stuff that I was going to um, do some research on Pine Gap since everyone think that, thinks that that's Australia's, like, Area 51. Oh, this explains the CIA people I had to turn away at the door this week. <laughs> but I don't know. I just decided I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I have nothing else. I just went, looked at it and went, nah, not this week, not feeling it. And uh, I think if you're not feeling it, there's no point in doing it because if I'd done it and wasn't into it, then it would have been shit. So. Mine involves ants and old people. I just wasn't feeling it this week. That's fair. All right. Well, I guess we'll. I have a feeling this week's going to be another short episode. Fine by me. I'm the one who edits it. So, <laughs> so who's going to start this week? I think you should go first. Okay. Despite my just saying that I wasn't feeling UFOs and aliens this week, my first story is about a UFO. Oh, my God. <laughs> I seen it during the week and I was like, no, this is too perfect. We've been talking about it so much lately. You personally saw the UFO? No, I didn't personally see the UFO because there were no reported sightings in Melbourne, but... Some other people seen some shit. Well, shit's not a UFO. Everything does it. Right, some flying shit. So there were monkeys involved. (laughs) No, let me just start. Residents from the New South Wales south coast to Sydney have reported seeing strange lights in the sky during the early hours of Wednesday the 19th of August. We're recording on Sunday, so Wednesday prior to today. One caller said to 2GB's Ben Fordham, who I can only assume is some kind of talkback radio? Yeah, 2GB. Okay. It's like 2UE. I don't know what any of that is. But anyway. It's the stuff like Alan Jones is a part of and things like that. I don't listen to the radio at all, so I had no idea, but I assume. Talk back radio. Said the lights looked like they were marching through the sky. Marching. That is not a very good descriptor of lights. Anyway. (laughs) I hate it when my lights march. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? And that the strange lights were the width of a full moon. I mean, that's pretty big. Yeah. It's pretty big. The lights were also seen as far as England. What? Keith Mayo, I'm assuming that's how you pronounce his last name because it's M-A-Y-O-H, posted to Twitter, in the garden about an hour ago and saw an object floating across the sky west to east. Too slow for a plane, no sound, sun glimmered off it. Could be a weather balloon, definitely not a kid's balloon, but looked oblong. Seemed to slow down at one point. What about all the places between Australia and England? 
This is, I'm just working with what was reported, okay? Okay. So while the residents were fearing UFOs, some people commented that even the aliens had had enough of 2020 and decided to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Which, big mood. But oh, what... I mean, they've been bumming around ever since we freed them last September or whenever it was. <laughs> so what do you think the lights actually were? Aircraft of some kind. Can you be any more specific than that? Like a formation flight or something? It wasn't. wasn't oh. that. But it was actually the launch of SpaceX's most recent Starlink, Starlink, Starlink satellite. That is hard to say. Okay, yeah. Um, I heard that was going up recently. Wait, so it got launched in Australia? No, it was launched in Florida. But we saw the lights in Australia. We saw the lights in Australia, which I think is kind of impressive in itself. Mm. I have a quote that explains that, but I'm like, that's kind of crazy that we would see the lights in Australia from Florida. Well, as it takes off. And the rotation of the planet, I guess it would make sense, depending on how long it took up to get up there. Mm. I just, like, okay, so I'm assuming that the SpaceX thing would have been in the news. Yes. How would you not connect the two? I can understand people not expecting to see the light of a SpaceX rocket in Florida being launched on the coast of Australia. I guess. I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, why would you think it's a UFO? I don't know. I don't I didn't see them, so. Have you ever seen the, um, you know, you can go outside and see, the, you can spot the ISS? Can you? Yeah. Okay. Because it rotates around the earth like nine times a day, I think. Okay. Um, but I remember once my dad took me on the balcony at our first place we lived in Elaine Cove. So this is almost going like 18 years ago now. And he pointed it out and there was a really quick star moving across the sky. And that was the International Space Station. Hmm. Okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Aren't they getting rid of that? Uh, it's probably Or not be... using it anymore? I think it's due to be like decommissioned soon. It's almost... It's got to be coming up to 20 years old by now, surely. I think it's kind of crazy how little we've done with space. Yeah expensive i know but we can spend billions of dollars on war but can't explore space yeah i don't know seems kind of silly to me the problem the big problem with space travel is radiation and the distances involved well yeah but i don't know like why we can easily get things to mars relatively speaking mm. it's quite likely any people we send there especially in the next what well, they say they want to send oh. people to mars aren't we the meant next to be colonizing years. mars everyone who goes to mars is going to die of cancer well, I mean, of all the everyone... They get, <laughs> of all the radiation they're exposed to in the flight. Yeah, but most people on Earth are going to die of cancer, so, like, take your pick, really. I suppose. <laughs> but it'll be accelerated, because you'll be exposed yeah. to more radiation. I, I know, so. I'm joking. Yeah, I don't know, I just, I feel like since the moon landing, has much really happened? Well, we've sent, like, things out to Pluto, and we've got the... Pluto's not even a fucking planet anymore. Yeah, so it doesn't mean it's not important. Well, why isn't it a planet? I'm. I feel bad for Pluto. It should be a planet. Well, what about Ceres? What's that? That used to be one of the planets you had to learn about. Was it? I didn't yeah. learn that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know why? Because it was the first object discovered in the asteroid belt, which is between Mars and what's the next one after Mars? Saturn, Jupiter, Jupiter. And there was Ceres, and then they discovered a bunch of other planets out there, like Ceres, and they were all there. There was about three of them for a while. And you had to learn 12 planets. And then they got reclassified to asteroids or dwarf planets. So Ceres is just Pluto, but like 100 years ago. You can't just say something's a planet and then take it back. Sure you can. What's the definition <laughs> of a planet? I have no idea. Exactly. There you saying. go. <laughs> anyway, we're getting sidetracked here. Yeah, sorry. Um, I forgot. I was going to say something and I totally forgot what it was. Whatever. Um, Quote from Space Expert. How do you get that title? Also, doesn't give you his actual qualifications, just space expert. He's probably like an astrophysicist or something. But... Probably. And Daily Mail didn't want to, they dumbed it down for us. D- Daily Mail is probably, that's probably too big a much of a word for our average viewer, <laughs> reader. <laughs> anyway, Dr. Brad Tucker, so he's a doctor, so he's clearly got qualifications, said, it doesn't happen that often. 
People usually see them a lot when they're first launched. The lower they start and the closer to Earth, the brighter they are. Australia usually is in a good position for sightings when the launch is in Florida because of the movement of the planet. We are usually among the first to see them. So that would say to me that people have seen them before. Yeah. UFOs though. Yeah. UFOs. Definitely. So SpaceX is planning to launch at least another 2,200 satellites over the next five years. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Fucking hell. It's a plan to offer a global broadband service. If that's the case, probably better than Australian internet right now. Uh, I'm kidding. It's not for that. It's actually meant to be more for like remote areas that don't currently happen. Yeah. We're going to run out of space up there soon. I thought space was infinite. Yeah, but what happens when these things start colliding into each other? I I read the other day that apparently um, an asteroid came the closest to Earth it's ever been, like last week or something. Mm. Sounds like 2020. That's the other thing is like, if you have so much stuff up there, isn't shit going to get hit by like space junk or whatever it's called? Yep. It'll probably become an issue. I think there's actually um, an anime a friend of mine showed me once. I didn't end up watching it. I've seen like an episode. It's set in the future and it's effectively about space garbage men and their job is to go out (laughs) and clean up all these dead satellites and all this scrap that gets occurred. Because the problem is... The satellites will collide and then they form into debris and all that debris then like you'd have like a cascading effect where you're just going to knock out more and more satellites. Right. It's not like we remove that stuff from space, right? No, not usually. I think some of them are designed to fall out of the Earth's orbit and back into the Earth eventually or escape it, but... Ain't that going to hit someone? Probably. Did you know we had another moon briefly as well? Cool. I ain't ever seen it. It's very small. Oh. Well, that's less exciting. Yeah. I really like it. Sorry, it's so off topic, but I really like it when it looks like the moon's real close. That is low on the horizon. Yeah. You get the moon illusion. Yeah, that's cool. I haven't been outside to see the moon in a while. <laughs> One day the moon will leave us. Well, that's fucking rude. It's getting further away as time goes on. So eventually we'll fall out of Earth's orbit and just fly off into space. Won't we all die then? Um, probably not, but there will be some catastrophic like tidal issues and there'll be no more tides. Yeah. I was going to say, like... The good news is we probably won't be alive when it happens. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I'm still concerned for the people when it does happen. I mean, if there is even people when it does happen. Hmm. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, that was a really uh, grim way to end that story, but that's my story. That people thought they seen a UFO, but it was just a satellite. Well, my story is also about flying objects. Okay. But they are identified. Oh, okay. So we know what they are. We know what they are. Okay. Gotta ask though, have you ever thrown a dildo at someone? No. No? No, I, I have to admit that's never been a thing that's happened in my life. I guess I've technically done it. Okay. Well, I mean, why? I feel like it's kind of rude to throw a dildo at someone. Well, I was in the crowd at the Hong Kong Sevens in the <laughs> Southern Stand, which is the age-restricted stand, and someone brought a dildo in and we were all throwing it around. So, yes, I have technically thrown a dildo at someone. At one point, it split apart in midair. Oh, my God. What were you guys doing to it? Yeah, I think it just was getting hurt from landing on the steps and shit all the time. Okay. This yeah. is what happens at rugby games. So, Jesus I, I think I already know your answer to my next question. Have you ever threatened someone with a dildo? No. Okay. No, I have not. Okay, okay. Well, this is a bit of an older story from 2017. Hang on, wait, did I send you this one? You sent me part of this one. Oh, okay, all right. New Zealand's Deputy Prime Minister was concerned when she drove through a group of protesters that a sex toy would be thrown at her. This was after she had seen a picture posted to Facebook of a dildo with her name written on it that she thought was, (laughs) quote, quite aggressive. Um, I'm not sure that if, like, I seen that online, like, if I seen my name, I don't know if I would view that as aggressive. She, she's got her reasons, okay, as we'll right, go into, okay. but uh, this is a headline. I can't remember where the story came from, but it's a New Zealand Deputy PM Paula Bennett feared flying dildo. Court hears. <laughs> okay. Uh, obviously, she's not the Deputy Prime Minister anymore. Okay. Uh, this all came out as evidence that she gave in the trial of another MP, Chester Burrows. Burrows? Burrows? Burrows. How's it spelled? B-O-R-R-O-W-S. I'd say Burrows. 
mm. uh, from the National Party, who is not the party in charge now, I believe. I don't actually really know. Which, I was going to say, I know nothing about New Zealand politics. I don't really follow it much either because I don't live there, even though I probably should because it's my country, but whatever. Um, so he was accused of careless driving during an incident the year prior, so 2016, in, I really want to say a Whanganui, but it's WH, so it should be Whanganui, mm-hmm. I believe, um, based on how WH works in Maori. Uh, so she was a passenger in the guy's vehicle at the time of this, and uh, protesters had blocked their path of their car. Okay. This was all around the Trans-Pacific Partnership trade thing or whatever it was. Just let her in. What, the cat in? Should have known it was you. <laughs> Come here. Okay, so they've blocked their car. Yeah, so the protesters, they're protesting that. They've blocked their car because these two members of parliament supported it. Well, before I had to go and let the cat in. Okay, so she was a passenger in the vehicle at the time and the protesters had blocked the path of the car. Two women were run over by Chester Burroughs and they suffered minor injuries. You can't just run people over. (laughs) In his statement to police, Chester said he was afraid the protesters would jump on his vehicle or try to open it. And based on the dildo picture posted to Facebook, he thought there would be another sex toy attack on a politician. (laughs) Another sex toy attack. That's that's a sentence. I'm sorry, it's uh... <laughs> The court heard that one protester was waving a dildo and shouting, I have a present for you. <laughs> and as you can judge by that, another, you see, this is uh, not actually the first time a New Zealand politician will be attacked for the sex not toy. Not the first time. Not the first time. Okay. What's going on in New Zealand that you're attacking your politicians with sex toys? It was in style at the time, okay? It's okay. just the dumb thing. <laughs> So now we go back to February 5th, 2016. Enter Stephen Joyce. He at the time was the New Zealand Minister for Economic Development, and he was hit in the face by a rubber dildo. (gasps) It was a large... That would hurt. (laughs) It was a large, flesh-toned rubber penis and testicles. (laughs) I like that they had to, like, specify that it also had testicles. I have a picture for you. I'm going to send you the picture. Oh, my lord. Okay. Oh, my God. That is actually the picture that you'll see if you go onto the Wikipedia page for the Waitangi dildo incident, <laughs> as it is known. That's a real Wikipedia page. I'm sorry. We've got to post that to Twitter because, fuck, that's a funny photo. <laughs> it also looks like he's smiling. Well, he was halfway through talking. It hit him in the face. <laughs> so he wasn't expecting it. Oh, my God. So that was thrown by protester Josie Butler. Now, Josie Butler is a nurse. She lives in Christchurch. So Christchurch is on the southern island, about halfway down of the east coast. Yeah. Waitangi is damn near up the very top of the North so Island. So she's travelled to throw this dildo. She's gone a fair way to throw this dildo yep. at uh, Stephen Joyce. So like I said, they were there because they, were, they didn't like, they're protesting the sign of the TPP and she was worried it was going to make medications for her patients more expensive and shit. Right, okay. Anyway, that's why she was there. Uh, no charges were laid. So Josie was arrested, but she actually got off scot-free. Mm, okay. Uh, John Key, the Prime Minister at the time, he was actually meant to attend but because of protests and people being upset about the signing of that trade deal, he decided not to attend. He sent Stephen in his place. Oh, no. So, Stephen- so he was meant to cop the dildo in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen wasn't even meant to be there. He got hit in the face of a dildo. It's a bit rough. Uh, Stephen simply said, goodo, when he was hit. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Josie yelled, yelled at him, that's for raping our sovereignty. Whoa. She was a bit upset. So the incident briefly became known as Dildo Gate. <laughs> Sorry, I am, I'm struggling to take any of this seriously, even though I do understand that it's like over serious issues. I, I think it's okay to laugh at this. I, I think Joyce handled it very well. So he I mean, got... what can you really say when that happens to you? Exactly. Uh, it, it gets better though. Okay. So he got given the nickname of Dildo Baggins for a time. 
So obviously this is pretty funny for a while. The media's calling him that. Goes on for a week or two. And uh, he, he actually later tweets that someone should just send the gif to John Oliver so that we can get it over with. You know, John Oliver, that American TV show? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, John Oliver actually responded. <laughs> he had a New Zealand flag because also what was happening at the time was we were having a referendum on our flag to see if we have a new one. Yeah. So people were sending in their own flag submissions and stuff like that. So John Oliver responded by having a New Zealand flag with that picture I just sent you of Joyce getting hit in the face with a dildo <laughs> on it. And he sent it to Sir Peter Jackson. Oh dear. Peter Jackson then filmed himself for John Oliver's show, standing on a hill somewhere, waving the flag around. Oh my god. (laughs) Also on the John Oliver show, he had two people on wires flying around, strung up in dildo costumes. Oh dear. Dildo balloons were falling from the ceiling, and a choir singing about the incident to the tune of the Hallelujah Chorus. Joyce responded with another tweet, simply stating, that was actually pretty funny. (laughs) I like that. Finally, it turns out it wasn't actually a dildo. What? That looks like a dildo. I know, right? It's actually a dog's squeaky toy. So okay, you, you whatever company pe- made that dog's squeaky <laughs> toy was having a laugh because that looks like a dick. Oh, that is definitely a penis. I think it's like a squeaky toy penis where your dogs are chew on. Oh my God. Maybe if, if you just really hate men. I, I, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> so Ms. Butler said she'd chosen it after she'd Googled for most effective forms of protest and became inspired by the 2008 shoeing incident of uh, George W. Bush. Okay. If you remember the time someone threw his shoes at him. Yep. Uh, in the Middle East. So she was like, okay, well, that was pretty good. I'll do that. But she decided to use the dog toy as it was less likely to actually harm Joyce than the shoe. Right. Okay. There you go. Do you want to know what my favorite Australian protest was? Egg boy? Egg Boy. Bring back Egg Boy. Think about what happened to Egg Boy, though, after he hit the egg and they, like, pinned him to the ground. Yeah, that was pretty bad. (laughs) Okay, Josie got taken off by, like, the police were there and she was escorted away. But there's a great photo of her, like, in custody, smiling, and she got off without charges. Yeah, that is not what happened to Egg Boy. Egg Boy got, like, pinned to the ground by, like, ten adult men. Yeah. And who who was the fucker he egged? Wasn't it Barnaby Joyce? I don't think so. A quick intermission while I Google. Sorry, it was uh, Senator Fraser Anning, yeah, who is right. basically a turd. Yes. Am I allowed to say that? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> Isn't he a member of One Nation? Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, okay, he's a turd. <laughs> Big old poop. Uh, what a time that was. Like, it was only early last year, but it feels like a fucking lifetime ago. I think there's a Lush Socks Egg Boy graffiti somewhere, actually. Yeah, I'm positive there is. And that was over the comments that um, Fraser Anning made about the attacks in New Zealand by that That's Australian right. guy. Fuck, that feels like it was so long ago. It really was. <laughs> so there you go. It seems like following that incident of what Josie threw in the door, there's a few dildos being thrown around. I don't think, I mean, I don't know, but I don't think dildos are cheap. Well, it was a dog toy, so. But I mean, like if other actual dildos are being thrown, like people are committing time and money to this. Well, the one that was used to threaten that she found quite aggressive by um, Paula Bennett apparently was wooden, so it was like a homemade one? Ew. I don't know. That would have more potential to injure someone. Yeah. It seems like Laura was actually pretty good about the incident. She said once she was in the car and the doors locked, she felt relatively safe, and at the end of the day, she was like, I don't care that they were protesting. I think it's good that they had their voice. Yeah. Politicians in New Zealand just seem to handle things a lot better than these Australian ones. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be hard no australian <laughs> politicians are like high school kids yeah it's really weird i think our prime minister is probably a prime example of this well he was a school prefect or whatever it was and i don't think he's ever really left that role he's brought it to the prime ministership <laughs> well i learned today that apparently he comes up with all the slogans oh 
Well, he was. Well, he's from marketing, right? So yeah. Who could forget? Where the bloody hell are you? Yeah, because that was uh, that worked so well for us. <laughs> it was banned in like most countries, wasn't it? That ad. Uh, I don't think it was banned, but the countries it was played in, the tourism dropped. The only countries where we got more tourism from after that campaign were the ones where it wasn't played. The weirdest thing about that is that that sentence, like, where the bloody hell are you, is only going to be not aggressive to Australians, and that's not who you're advertising to. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, it was stupid. <laughs> anyway, um, I forgot what my point was. I have a headache. I'm Australian sorry. politicians are school children. Well, yeah. Okay, let's move on. From politicians. I feel Christ. like that's not most people's favourite subject. It's certainly not mine. Yeah. And uh, let's move on to an Australian animal that I learnt about this week and I felt I had to share it. Didn't you say that one of your stories was about bugs? One of the stories I'm not doing. Oh. This one, I mean, I'm just telling you about a bug. It's not a bug. It's a caterpillar. Same that, shit. That's a bug. Is it? Yeah. Caterpillar is a bug. Let's say it is. I think you might have actually mentioned this one to me before. Okay. I feel like I heard about it previously, but I didn't know anything about it. I just knew it looked funny. But I, I don't know. I can't quite remember. So I'm going to talk to you about the caterpillar that stacks its own heads on top of each other. Yes. I have yeah. told you about this. Yeah. I saw a tweet about it. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. I didn't realize it was in Australia. It is an Australian. Of course it's a fucking Australian animal. It's weird as shit. Its proper name is Yoruba Luggins. Let me uh, spell that because I may be saying it wrong. I assume the luggins is like Latin for luggage because it carries its own heads. Probably. Um, but it's spelled U-R-A-B-A-L-U-G-E-N-S. Okay. What's its common name? Its common name is a head stacking caterpillar. Okay. Because it is what it says on the tin. <laughs> so it stacks its old heads that it's shed on top of their current one. Why? Yeah. <laughs> It looks really fucking weird. I'll obviously That'd share. would be like if we took our baby teeth and just put them back in our mouth. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Glued them to the bottom of our new adult teeth. Yeah, kind of. You're just looking around like a shadow. <laughs> and you get just like a handkerchief teeth on it. It looks real weird, but obviously, like, the current head is the bigger one and then it, like, gets smaller as you go up. So it's got a decreasing tower of heads. Yes. Um, like a Russian doll. <laughs> yeah. But with heads. Yeah. And it, but it starts with the smallest one. Yeah. The, the other way. Yeah, okay. Obviously, it looks really fucking weird, and I'll definitely, we'll definitely share like a photo on Twitter, but if you can't wait for that, um, it'll definitely be in uh, the link to the Australian Geographic article that I got most of my information from. I'll link that in the episode notes. It's found on the south coast of Tasmania and in southwest Auckland. So it is both an Aussie and a Kiwi. Weird. I guess Tasmania and Auckland are pretty. Uh... In line of each other. I mean, they would have been connected at one point. I was about to say that. <laughs> so it's one of those things where people aren't really sure why they decided to have a tower of dead heads. Intimidation? So they don't though. think it is intimidation, What's but they it? do think it's to deter predators. Okay. I'm oh, not- shit, I can't fight 12 caterpillars. I'm not so sure, because like, it's a really shit defense if it is. <laughs> they think it might be a bit of like, say a bird swoops down to pick up this tasty caterpillar. Just takes one of the dead heads. Takes the dead heads instead. Okay. It's certainly so not like work. a mating thing because it's a caterpillar. They don't breed. They gotta, no, I, they, de- they definitely they didn't think it was anything to do put themselves in a cocoon, turn yeah. into soup, and then re-emerge as a butterfly. Exactly. That's kind of crazy. Can you imagine if we liquidized ourselves to turn into teenagers? Ugh. Ugh. No, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually a video in the article, and it was from a study at the University of Sydney. And I actually don't recommend watching this video. I regret that I did. I found it quite upsetting. Because it was literally a video of them letting like a, la- a larger beetle attack it. 
I didn't like that. It wasn't cool. But if you really want to see it, it will be linked. So it's a much larger bug and it's attacking the caterpillar and they're kind of using their dead heads as a sword. Okay. So they're kind of waving it at the How at do the their heads not fall off? I would love to know that. That information I could not find. Hmm. So it's a little unicorn caterpillar, but yeah, it's basically, made out of Yeah, basically. And they're heads. using their horn to like try and fuck this other bug up, but it's much bigger than it and it doesn't work, which is why the video is upsetting. But so they do try and use it to just tell people to fuck off with their dead heads. Well, I have to say, if I was attacking someone and they threw a severed head at me, I'd probably back off as well. <laughs> The caterpillars don't really like anyone, and that includes humans. So they're covered in hairy... So you're telling me the creature with a bunch of severed heads on top of it is antisocial? Yeah, very. Mm. It doesn't like anyone. Don't go near it. <laughs> what does the butterfly version of it look like, I wonder? They're covered in hairy fibers that if a human touches them... Stings. ...will cause a severe skin reaction. It's not something you want to have. This actually reminds me of Spitfires. The aircraft. No, the bug. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Nope. Oh, okay. So it is another Australian caterpillar. I remember this very vividly because in my primary school, it we had like a area on the oval that had like benches and stuff, but it had a lot of trees and it was kind of like almost bushlandy. A lot of them lived in there and we used to dare each other to pick them up. Yeah, that sounds like shit kids would do. And it fucking hurt. But if you didn't do it, you're a pussy. So you had to kind of thing. I did it so many times and I hurt myself so many times. It fucking sucked. But... <laughs> They just look like a hairy caterpillar. And it's the same thing. If you touch it, you get a really bad skin reaction. Okay. So that's kind of what it reminds me of. But you don't know what that is. I know what a hairy caterpillar is. Yeah. It's just another Australian bug that fucks you up. But yeah, I mean, that's basically my whole story. It was about a caterpillar that tries to use its old heads to fuck people up. Not very successfully, though. No, it kind of, um, I kind of feel like the study that they referenced in the, uh, in the article kind of said that they're a genetic dead end because it's not really effective. It's not doing anything for them. No. But they've clearly survived long enough to be on two different countries. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. It's got a head stacking caterpillar. I have a feeling that like maybe it's just that we don't understand. Not that it's not effective. We don't understand what it's doing. It's yeah, it's purpose its actual purpose might be different. Yeah, exactly. Why does it look like it's a butterfly though? I assume it turns into a butterfly. It could be a moth. I assume this is it. It's quite a pretty butterfly. It's like a golden sky blue. Oh, okay. Yeah, that does look pretty. Maybe. Uh, I mean, this may not be it. It's just a picture titled, Do Butterflies Remember Being Caterpillars? So, <laughs> whatever I'm looking at, it's a pretty butterfly. Probably another head stacking <laughs> one. Well, that leaves us on to my second story. Okay. No severed heads. Maybe a good thing. Mm. <laughs> look, I don't know how to segue into this, so we'll just get straight into it. Library book is returned 118 years late. I seen this headline. I can't even remember where I seen it, but I seen it and went, that sounds like a good story. I didn't read it, so I don't know the circumstances, but I thought it was a good headline. Fortunately, the 86,000 penny fine oh my God. was waived. Because uh, obviously back in <laughs> 1902, pennies were a currency used in Australia and mm-hmm. New Zealand as far as I'm aware. I think the penny was used up until quite recently here, actually. Like in the 60s, I think it went away. Our buddy, Harold Holt, was the one that changed it. That's right. So yes, it was. Excellent. (laughs) We're learning on this show, I told you. Put it under education. (laughs) Fuck Me Dead is an educational show for the whole family to enjoy. Yes, educational, where we say fuck a lot. Learn about uh, the horny fuck rat. (laughs) Severed arms. Yeah, educational. (laughs) Strange cults that, that use... Sarin gas to kill a bunch of Japanese people. Hey, that's a part of that's a part of history. So that Tall is actually educational. Flying dildos. Educational. Yay! <laughs> Woo! There's a hole in my shirt, just like all of them. 
fucking cats. <laughs> <laughs> you see my jeans right now? Yeah, it's okay. It's fashionable to have ripped clothing. Not like this. Uh, th- this makes it even more valuable because it's unique. Oh, okay. I sell my shirts like Kanye. Oh, God. $40 million for one shirt. Yeah, that's going to happen. So, bookbinder, Barbara Schmelzer. Smelzer. Schmelzer. I believe you either way. S-C-H-M-E-L-Z-E-R. She was looking through a thrift shop in Sydney's Northern Beaches. Okay. Uh, when she stumbled upon an old copy of a book called The Earl of Derby by George Sainsbury. I've never read it or heard of it myself. No, me either. It was written in like 1890-something. Okay. So on the book's front cover is actually a sticker indicating that it was property of the Wellington Library Newtown branch in Wellington, if you could believe it. No way. Not to be confused with Newtown, Sydney. And it was last borrowed... From that library in 1902. Jeebus. Uh, on the inside cover, there is another sticker from the library, and it gives the conditions of the library book being borrowed, along with the library's opening hours, which were kind of weird. What do you mean, kind of weird? Well, it was only open on weekdays, which, okay, it's 1902. Sure. I can believe that. But it was only open from 1.30 p.m. to 5 p.m. So whoever was running the library didn't like to get up early. And then again from 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. Okay, that's weird. So there's like a siesta in the middle, I guess, when you had dinner? <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Uh, but you couldn't borrow books after 9pm, so why is he open to 10? Well, you might want to sit in the library and read. Do it at home? I don't know. I don't know. It's Sometimes weird. people like to read in public, <laughs> all right? And uh, you can only borrow the book for 14 days, which I think is probably still standard for a library. I'll be honest, I have I haven't... not been to a library since school, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I haven't used a library since I was in school either. Yeah. Uh, I, and even then, I don't think I've borrowed a book from a library since I was in primary school. Wow. Okay. So it's been a while. Uh, if you don't know what a library is, it's kind of like a blockbuster for books. books. And if you don't know what a blockbuster is... You're too young to be listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Netflix, but physical. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever use um, Telstra used to have, which I think it was how Netflix initially worked as well. Yeah. Fetch Me Movies, where they send you the DVD yeah, yeah. in the mail. I used to do that before Netflix was a thing. Yeah, I did Fetch Me Movies. It was good. Okay. So, no books were after 9pm, blah, 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 blah. And if you didn't return it within the 14 days, there was a penny a day fine. Whoa. Each day it was overdue for the first week. Okay. And then after the second week, it was two pennies a day. <laughs> and did this keep going? No, it just it maxed out at two pennies. Okay. All right. Uh, it did seem, though, that they had changed how long you could rent each book for. So 14 Days was written in pen. Oh, so okay. I guess if it was a hot new release, you couldn't rent it for as long. I don't know. Were there hot new releases at that time? Uh, surely. I surely. I assume. What else were they doing? Yeah, I just thought that. I'm like, there was no TV. Probably electrocuting themselves. Cause <laughs> this was like before. I was talking the other day in England. Yeah. Whether at the time where everyone just had like fucking exposed wires hanging out of the ceiling and they're like, oh, I power my fridge through the fucking same point that my light bulb comes out of <laughs> and it's open and exposed. I just tied another wire to it. My kid died last week. Don't worry about it. Anyway, old timey people were fucking weird. hundred years from now, someone's going to be like, oh my God, they sat there and they stream stuff to their computers. What the yeah, fuck? I know. <laughs> but the save icon will still look the same. Yeah. I often wonder about that. When is that going to change? When are you going to change it to? I don't know. Something else. I think it'll stay as it is. You think it'll stay? Okay. Yeah. That happens. Sometimes symbols just don't change. Where was I? Okay. So, Barbara had actually lived in Newtown in Wellington for 14 years prior to moving to Sydney. Well, that is just a dink, Right? So, uh, th- this part I'm kind of like, I don't know if I like this, Barbara, but she noted that the book was not particularly valuable and she wouldn't be able to resell it. Oh, so she was going to resell it if it had any value. Yeah. So, that's when she decided and said she's going to return it to the library. Oh, come on, Barbs. Like... You could have admitted that part of your story. Yeah, you could have just not said that. Like, <laughs> you could, now you, you look like a dick. this good person who's like, oh, I just returned the book. Yeah, exactly. It's like, fucking worthless. Send it back. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think it also said in the article she actually worked at the thrift store as well. Oh my god. So she used her 30 years of bookbinding experience to gussy it up a little bit because, you know, it's been around for 118 years at mm-hmm. least. Uh, although she did know it was in surprisingly good condition with very little damage. So don't know how much she actually did. It probably did need a new binder, but other than that, I guess it was okay. Okay. Uh, Wellington Libraries decided to waive their late fee. Oh. How much do you think 86,000 pennies would be in I actually money? have no idea. 800. And 60 Australian dollars. Is that it? I know, right? That's not too bad. 118 years. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> That's not that bad. <laughs> well, a penny was like a cent, right? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Barbara actually does hope to be able to go and visit the book in the library when international travel is once again allowed. Mm-hmm. So I guess that'd be kind of cool. Library spokesperson, I'm assuming her name is meant to be Sharon, but I might have written down wrong because I've written Sharo N and then a <laughs> Shadow and McIntyre. Sharon McIntyre yeah. says the staff were thrilled to see the book return. So were they missing it? Were they like looking at their books every week? Oh, fuck! What this book fuck? is still overdue. <laughs> Where is the Earl of Derby? Yeah, he's got it. He's sending <laughs> fucking letters for a hundred years for these late fees. <laughs> I think. It would, uh, but if you're working at a library, I assume you like books. Then one day this old book turns up in the mail, and mm. you realize it was rented from your library 118 years ago. You'd probably yeah. be like, "That's cool." But I, I am I am curious, though, because I'm assuming that they do chase up overdue books. Was it constantly on their books? And they were like, we're never fucking getting this thing back. Surely that must have been given at one point. Yeah. And the only reason why they know what day and fine it was, and I'm assuming the library's probably changed buildings since then as well, is because it's on the inside cover when it was released. And like, Yeah, yeah. So I assume it's a classic story of someone's borrowed the book, they've never returned it, and then eventually their descendants or they moved to Australia, and that's how it ended up in thrift yeah, shop. Yeah, yeah. Quote from... Sharo N. Sharon. <laughs> We've had instances where old books get returned. It's really nice when it happens. This book may have been one of the original collection as Newtown Library actually opened in 1902. Oh, okay. So this that's could be the cool. first book that no one ever returned to this fucking library. It's finally come <laughs> yeah. back. Well, that's kind of cool. And it's actually considered to be the oldest branch library in New Zealand. Hmm. So there we go. That's it. That's it? M. Tussle. Okay. Close the book on that one. Oh my god. Okay. All right, my last story. I'm just going to move straight on from that because it was terrible. <laughs> I read this one um, the other week and I was like, this one's pretty fucking funny. Well, it is to me because the other option would have been really grim. If I start a story with um, backpackers going missing in the outback, what do you think? Ah, uh, well, I'm going to assume that they're dead and they were murdered by old mate Ted Bundy? No, not Ted Bundy. We're not in America. And he also wasn't in the outback. <laughs> hmm. Who am I thinking of? I think you're thinking of Ivan Milan. That's the one. Um. Look, all serial killers are the same in the end. Yeah, okay. Ted Bundy, the guy who fucked skulls and had torsos and a drum in his bedroom. Okay, can we stop being so grim? I can't believe I'd have said that sentence. What was that guy's name? Who? <sighs> Jeffrey Dahmer. That's the one. If you're talking about torsos in a drum. Yeah. Anyway, this story is not about a serial killer. <laughs> Wolf Creek, that was his name. Yeah, totally. First name Wolf, last name Creek. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the actual story. Bob Hawke. Oh my God, stop. That's why he had to fake his death and flee to France, because he was a backpacker murderer. Bob Hawke? Yeah. He only died recently. <sighs> I didn't mean Bob Hawke. I know you meant Harold Hawke, but you said <laughs> Bob Hawke. <laughs> Harold Hawke, Bob Hawke, it's all the same. <laughs> was Bob, Bob Hawke was Prime Minister, yeah? Yeah, he was the one who... He's, he was an awesome Prime Minister. He's the one who's got the Guinness World Record for slamming a beer or whatever it is. Yeah. Bob Hawke is always a character. Anyway, it's also not about Bob Hawke. <laughs> I'm assuming these people aren't dead, though. They aren't dead. <laughs> Benjamin and Natalie were German backpackers making they their way... They were German, but now they're different. 
When I wrote that, I meant to like insinuate that they were backpackers. Not that they were. What nationality are they now? Look, okay. I do not have an English degree. Stop making fun of my bad English. They were German until they went missing in the outback. Now they're Brazilian. Do 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 do. Do you want to hear about them or no? Yeah, all right. Tell me about these Brazilian <laughs> backpackers. Uh, so they're making their way through Western Australia and the Northern Territory. Large scrap of land? Yeah. Just, you know, the biggest part of the country. No big deal. The couple were last heard from by family friends at 80 Mile Beach, which is in between Broome and Port Hedland. I have to ask, is your 80 Mile Beach actually 80 miles? I have no fucking New Zealand, Because we don't even say, we don't count in miles. You used to, though. You used to, though, yeah. Because we got one in New Zealand and it's not. <laughs> it would surprise me if it's not. I have no idea. I think ours is 90 Mile Beach and it ain't. It's like 60 something. It's not even close. Oh, God. <laughs> so someone was really, like, flexing about this. Being well, I think this went to a like... <laughs> Oh, yeah, it looks about 80 miles. Yeah. <laughs> Don't bother think, measuring it, it's fine. I think they got to the beach, saw that it went to the end of the country and said to themselves, fuck it, I ain't walking along that. Yeah, 80 miles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, so they were last heard from on the possibly not 80 mile beach um, on July 21st. But when no one heard from them, they were reported as missing and the police put out an alert on August 5th. It's quite a while. Hmm. Okay. The couple had told family friends that they were planning to travel the Gibb River Road in the Kimberley region, which I guess if you're not familiar with Australia or Western Australia, Kimberley is like right in the fucking middle, like it's red dirt. It's the outback, like there's not a lot going on out there. There's an airspace sector called Kimberley. There you go. It's over the Kimberleys, if you can believe it. The road is 660k long. And it's called 660k road. No, it's not. It's called the Gibb River Road, and I'm assuming it's because it runs along a river. goes from Derby in Western Australia to the Northern Territory border. Gib River just sounds like someone was stuck out there and thirsty, and they're struggling to speak, and they're just like, Gib River? <laughs> Please, God, Gib River. <laughs> <laughs> and then they found it. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, yes, God, you've given me the river. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> this road is incredibly remote with no reception. So, like, good luck to you if you get lost. I mean, parts of Sydney CBD are like that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> A place I lived in in Hornsby had no reception inside the house, so, like, whatever. So, you can understand that, like, why their family might have been worried when they didn't hear from them. Because, yeah, I mean, pretty much if you get lost, you know, you can't call anyone. Historically, no one things around. have gone bad for foreign backpackers in Australia when they go missing. Yes. Um. So, you can, you can understand why they would have, you know, maybe been a bit nervous that they hadn't heard from them. Benjamin's mother was normally in contact with the couple once a week, but they had told her that they were going into an area with no reception. But they didn't specify how long they were, like how long they were planning for that trip. Yeah. When Benjamin's mother tried to make her weekly call and it didn't go through, she immediately contacted the authorities. However, in reality, it was just that the couple were having the time of their life and taking their time. This is um, like that guy who turned up on the beach playing the bongos. Yeah. <laughs> They were none the wiser that there was, like, you know, police looking for them. They were reported missing. There was a huge panic about it, thinking that, like, these, you know, poor, like, backpackers were dead in the outback. And so when they reached reception, the day after his mother tried to make the call, they obviously, like, had so many missed calls and, like, messages and all this other kind of stuff about where they were. And and so they obviously immediately called the police to say that they weren't missing and that they were fine. And, like, you know, I do, I get why their family might have been worried, but maybe... Wait wait. a day? Maybe not the first missed call is the one that you panic about. Like, maybe just wait. It's hard, though. I mean, if you got... You're on the other side of the world. You don't know what's world. happening. You think to yourself, oh, God, another Ivan Malat kind of yeah. thing. It could just as easily have been, why wouldn't you tell... Had it gone badly? Mm-hmm. 
And they were dead and we were retelling the story. I'd be like, why wouldn't you tell the police straight away when you didn't have contact for them? You That's know? true. I mean, it, it's it's kind of like, you know, there's no good answer. But I just, I loved the headline for this. The overreaction was definitely the better choice at the end of the day. At the end of the day, I don't think it hurt to be worried. What else are they doing up there? There's police well, probably plenty of things, but okay. <laughs> but yeah, I love the headline. Stopping Clive Palmer getting in. <laughs> Jeez. He's trying to get in. But yeah, the headline was how a paranoid mum sparked a desperate manhunt. <laughs> so they weren't looking for the daughter? Just the guy? Well, they were together. <laughs> Come on. But it was a manhunt. Oh my God. Well, from parents who overreact to ones who probably don't okay. uh, react enough, got a 2018 story here. I, I don't think I am going to... I should have written this a bit differently. As I was okay. writing it, I'm like, I should swap the order this is in, but it's all right. We'll just go with it. Okay. This is written by uh, Eleanor Ainge Roy for The Guardian. Okay. Lego piece falls out of New Zealand boy's nose after being stuck up there for two years. How big was it? We'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> In 2018, then seven-year-old Samia Anwar inserted a tiny Lego piece up his nose. His parents became alarmed when Samia told them he'd lost a Lego piece up his nose and could not find it. <laughs> Couldn't find it up his nose. Fucking shove that up there, mum. It's gone. I'm sorry. <laughs> so naturally, they took him to a GP. Or a doctor, I'm going to call it. Uh, GP, he could also not find the Lego piece. I'm sorry, but there's not an infinite amount of space up there. Maybe Samoa is special, okay? And he's got like a void pocket dimension in his nostrils. Yeah, okay. I'm betting that's not the answer, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> the GP advised them it's probably just going to move through his digestive system, likely already in there. He's just swallowed it down the back of his snout. Uh, it's good training if he has to get coronavirus test, right? Ugh. <laughs> the son showed no signs of pain or distress. And they all just sort of soon forgot about it. Whatever. They're like, he's probably right. It's probably just gone into his digestive tract and he'll poop it out. Quote, since then, he's never complained or anything, his father said, describing his son as playful and mischievous. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to be to be shoving fucking Lego pieces up your nose. Yeah, so they believe the piece was actually like a minifig's arm. Oh, okay. So like, you know how you can detach the hands off a Lego man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like that. uh, Because there's a picture of it. Okay. It looks like a little grey Lego hand. So that, that's okay, that sh- makes a little more sense. So I was thinking like an snap. actual Lego Like a Lego piece. brick? No. Yeah, and I'm like, how the fuck would you not notice that that's up there? Like, right, Then recently, one night, the story only happened in like a, this, this week it got reported, so it's happened right, recently. Okay. A plate of pink cupcakes caught Semia's eye. Ooh, they'd catch my eye too, don't worry. <laughs> and so he leans down and he takes a big sniff of the treats. He goes, Ooh, I like this kid. cupcakes. I get it. <laughs> Instantly, his nose begins to hurt. Oh, no. So his mother's like, silly kid, you probably sniffed up some cupcake crumbs or something. Or some sprinkles. <laughs> and so she assists him to thoroughly blow his nose and clear out his nostrils. And then upon inspecting the tissue, she doesn't find crumbs. Instead, she finds a tiny fungus-covered Lego piece. Ugh! <laughs> that is so gross. Fungus-covered? I know! <laughs> I mean, I guess it is moist up there. Like. <laughs> Grown mold or whatever. Quote, we never expected such a thing. The Lego piece looks a bit gross, but that how it is. Unbelievable. His dad's just like, <laughs> whatever, he's fucking up his nose. Uh, still a fan of Lego, Samir exclaimed, Mum, I found the Lego. You were telling me it wasn't there, but it was there. <laughs> That's a typical kid. I told you. I told you it was there. It's not the first time he shoved something up his nose either. Why do kids do this? Like, why up thing. the nose? Like... Actually, there's this website, sorry, this article links to another article on like one of those, ki- I think it's Kidspot, is that the name of that website? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kidspot. Oh, that goes sorry, into yep. it. So if you are a parent 
and you've got or you're about to be a parent and you're worried about kids shoving shit up your nose you go to this article there's a link in there to it and you can read about why kids do it and the common things that go up there some weird shit I might actually read some of them out because some of them are wild okay <laughs> Um, so previously, though, he had shoved up an, an imitation pearl up his nose, but his father was able to get that one out. What? Okay. No, my question is, in two years, did he not blow his nose? I think it was just probably wedged up there or something. Just seems weird that it, it just it, it didn't, it come, didn't out come out until he's gone. Over cupcakes, which I get. Like, I really get that. <laughs> That's not an issue. But I'm just like, how did it not come out? Surely he blew his nose in two years. Like, Yeah, well, surely he would have de- breathed in deeply, but who knows? Maybe not. Maybe know. he was just lucky. Yeah. Maybe he had a COVID test recently and that dislodged it. <laughs> Maybe. And then this, I don't know why he would need to get one in New Zealand, but, you know. Yeah. Especially because they're in, like, Dunedin. So it's, like, way down south. I don't know if there's any cases down there. Um, But actually, in 2018, a team of doctors took it upon themselves to swallow Lego and time how long it took to pass through the digestive system. Isn't that kind of dangerous? Well, that's why they did it on themselves. Yeah, but it's still dangerous. <laughs> yes, but history is filled with scientists and people who've been self-experimenting on themselves. And it's usually where a lot of our really important discoveries come from. And then okay. usually those people end up dying horribly as well. Great. I'm, I'm hoping that didn't happen in this no, case. No, but a bunch of them did it. It's about... 1.1 to 3 days before a Lego piece will pass through your digestive system. Interesting. So I'm assuming that that... And they were swallowing Lego heads. Interesting. Mm. I bet that's pretty quick. Yeah. Mm. And doesn't seem to do much harm to you. I wouldn't recommend going out and eating Lego. Uh, No, that's definitely not what we're saying. But we're if not your baby you swallows a Lego. Lego head, it's probably going to be okay. Yeah. As long as it gets stuck. Which I assume that you're probably going to know about pretty quickly if it does move through yeah. like within that short I think once it time. gets through the esophagus, you're probably okay. I mean, if it's a head, I guess it's round. It's probably fine. Yeah. No sharp edges or anything. Exactly. So, like I mentioned, that article links to a KidSpot article about kids shoving shit up their nose. It's titled, These are the weirdest things kids have stuck up their noses. And it talks to people about why kids might do it and whatever. Can you sum up why kids do I it? I didn't read that part. I wasn't oh, okay. interested, I think, because they're fucking kids. Uh, but it has at the bottom here, user submitted weirdest up the nose specials. <laughs> okay. So I thought these would be fun to lead out. Yeah, yeah. Because why not? And be funny. It's been very short. This is our last story, so. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's pad out some time. Names have been changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's what the article says, so. Uh, my brother got a big lump of gristle mince stuck up between his throat and nose for a few days and then coughed it out. Oh, ew. <laughs> my neighbor stuck a piece of corn up her nose and her parents didn't know it was there until it started to stink. So they I was like, if it's food, at least it's going to like eventually decompose. I guess. But a Lego piece. That- it's stinky corn nose breath the whole time though. Could probably be worse. <laughs> I used to do a thing called brain flossing, whereby I would thread a necklace down my right nostril until I could feel it at the back of my throat. Then I'd cough and it would pop out into the front of my throat, at which point I'd pull it through to the front of my mouth and start brain flossing. I hate it. I know. What a fucking I hate it so what a kid much. thing to do, though. Ugh. Kid at my daycare once stuck so many crayons up his nose he had to be rushed to hospital. He also did the same thing with both of his ears. Stop sticking things in holes. And he continuously asked my mother why she had a mole in her face. Smart kid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I once jammed two grapes up my nose, one in each nostril at a party, and then panicked because I couldn't breathe, and I had to burst them and blow them out again. Oh my god. <laughs> I also went to school with a girl whose family figured out that when her toddler sister sneezed, it smelled weird, and they took her to a doctor and found that she had a rotting piece of leather up her nose had been there for like six months. A piece of leather? Yeah. Ugh. It's weird to me to think like leather rots, but it is animal yeah. skin, isn't it? Yeah. Because I got, like, leather in my Tims, and they're not rotting, but they're treated, so... Yeah, it's different. <laughs> I had a happy face sticker on my nose for over a week. Found it while picking my nose later on. 
What do you mean found it? You didn't know it was up there? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I don't even think kids think a lot about what their hands are doing sometimes. Yeah, probably not. It was probably like playing, had a sticker on the finger, and came off. I stuck broccoli up my nose and a pumpkin in my ears, and I had to be taken to a doctor to remove them. I was about four, I think. I don't ever remember as a kid thinking I should shove something up my nose. I don't think yeah. I ever did that. Definitely not my ears either. Yeah, not my... I had a lot of, like, issues with my ears, so I definitely wasn't doing that. But, like, I don't know. I don't think I shoved anything up my nose. When I was four, my best friend and I viciously cut open a beanbag and stuck the little polystyrene balls up our noses and in our ears. Our mum spent hours trying to get them out with tweezers. But why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) They fit. (sighs) You know what it is. You get kids those toys where they got to fit the shaped block into the correct hole and then you reward (laughs) them for it. So they're like, oh yeah, this is about the same whole, same process. <laughs> My brother and I also stuck beanbag beans up our nose. It was the 70s. I managed to screen my, squeeze mine out. His were never seen again. Um, maybe he should see a doctor. <laughs> they might still be up there. Lastly here, my daughter sneezed out a plastic googly eye when she was three. <laughs> Must have been doing some craft at preschool that day. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I actually have a similar story. When my mum came down... To visit us last year and I went to the city. We met up with an old friend of hers that I knew in New Zealand and she was telling us about a kid she'd had since we last saw, well since I'd last seen her, who grew up with hearing problems his whole life Mm -hmm. until recently where he went to a doctor and the doctor found there was something impacting on his eardrum. It wasn't that he couldn't hear, there was something blocking his ear canal. Turned out to be like a beanie baby, beanbag bean that he'd shoved in there as a baby. Oh my god. And he'd gotten through like 17 years old with hearing difficulties his whole life for something he did as a toddler. And I'm like, no one had checked in his ears this yeah, whole time? Yeah, like, <laughs> didn't... Surely when they realised that he couldn't hear properly, didn't they take him to a doctor or they just went, They oh. did. And the doctor's like, oh yeah, he's just got a hearing problem. So, parents, if you're out there and your kids develop with a hearing problem, get your doctor to triple check that this... Do- <laughs> Nothing you know what you can there. do? You can do... I think you got to like, you know how they like skin clinics and shit now, like the laser therapy and stuff? Yeah. I think I watched a video on like pedestrian or some shit came up in my feed of people going in their earwax, taking out their ears. <clears throat> they put like a whole camera in there. Maybe go take your kid to do that because they could, <laughs> it goes, they look, they you can see your eardrum. They can probably tell if there's a fucking beanbag being in there. Oh my God. I, I think it just surprises me that you can live that long with something in there and like it doesn't, not that it doesn't do anything to you because obviously that kid couldn't hear, but like... It doesn't get forced out. Yeah, like something else would happen. That's what earwax is designed to do is it pushes, it clips the ear canal clean and pushes it out. But I guess if it gets wedged in there. Yeah. um, I've heard lots of horror stories about people waking up like fucking cockroaches in their ears and shit. Ugh. Or no, like, don't like them. I think it was like that same one. They said some guy came in and they found like half a dead cockroach in his ear. I was like, oh. Ugh. I, no, I, don't, I hate that. I, I hate don't want to think about that. No, that's like my worst nightmare. Yeah, no. no that no, book no, no. I read once don't tell mom i work on the rig she thinks i'm a piano player in a whorehouse that one or a sequel um that happened to him one night cockroach started burrowing into his ear it's ew ugh. no well, it might have been somebody was living with i can't remember but i'm not for it at all i hate it <laughs> not <laughs> into it that. one bit <laughs> no 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 i believe that brings us to the end of whatever episode <laughs> number this is I am. Um, I think it's 36. 36. Also, I feel like it might be another short one. Sorry, guys. We're failing you. Try and rectify that next week. Give you like an hour and a half. Oh, God. <laughs> so much editing. <laughs> I think I need short ones to get my head around the new editing. Okay. It takes a little bit longer anyway, so. Yeah, so up. we discovered, not last week, but the week before, that we had some echoing issues that actually weren't present in the original recording because of an effect we used. Yep. 
I'm kind of sad that it took us that long to figure that out. Um, but but also no one complained about it. Yeah. So either you're all being very nice or (laughs) none of you noticed. So we fixed that. So if that was annoying you before, because when I listened to an episode and I heard it, it annoyed the fuck out of me. So if that was annoying you, it shouldn't be a problem anymore, but it just means that we have to slightly change the way that we edit. It takes a little bit longer. Yeah. It's not too bad. It's weird editing so much audio. There's so many things now I hear when I'm listening to other people's stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I definitely have that as well. I especially hear you with like breathe. This- I'm like, ugh. <laughs> well, like, I definitely notice it when I'm listening to other podcasts. Never heard it before. But now that like we scrutinize our own audio so much, I definitely hear it in other people. One thing I absolutely can't stand is how often we say the same things over and over again. Yeah, I know. But I mean, that's... The- that's the thing, though, like, you know, you say things all the time and you don't notice it and neither do the people who hear it all the time. Yeah. But then when you actually have to sit down and, like, edit it, yeah, you I, notice it. For a long time, like, I've been watching One Piece for nearly 10 years now and a common trope in that is a character who has, like, a thing they always say over and over again. Yeah. It's kind of annoying and I'm like, this is fucking stupid. No one does this. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do, though. <laughs> I didn't really start to notice it until like last year before we even started doing this, where uh, I had an instructor all the time just like any day of the week, any day of the week, <laughs> any day of the week. It's you know, just like people do this. Yeah, people do it. Yeah. Well, one thing that I say that I actually try to edit out as much as possible as well is uh, at the start of a sentence, I'll say, yeah, so. And I'm like, why? Those two words don't add anything to the sentence. Why do I say it all the time? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just do. It's just a habit. Yeah, I, I think it is just that. It's just it's something just people do. Yeah. Whereas like prepping ourselves to speak. But. Well, another one, I actually watched a video on YouTube this week and it was about, um, it's I, I can't remember the name of the channel, unfortunately, but it scrutinizes YouTubers' apology videos to see if like they're genuine or not. And Are it goes ever? through like <laughs> speech patterns and gestures and that kind of thing. And there was one thing that he talked about that I do all the time and I didn't really understand why I did it, but now I do, which is kind of cool. Okay. Sometimes at the end of a sentence, I'll laugh, even though things aren't funny. It's because you don't know how to end the sentence. Oh, yeah. So you just laugh. I do it all the time. (laughs) Just did it then. Yep. It's weird once you start analyzing the way that you do things. I think it just makes you more... um, nervous i suppose i am trying to force myself now that i listen to it to be more aware of how i say things and cut stuff of that out but it's hard it is hard especially when you're so used to saying things the way you say it Mm. and honestly if you listen to podcasts regularly you notice other people do it yeah it's weird it's just uh how our brains work and it's weird (laughs) it doesn't bother me too much when other people do it why do it no you fucking idiot no, but that's the You're thing. You're an educated like, swine. Learn some new words. Read a thucker thesaurus. You're always your own worst critic. It's like when I watch other people do art and I'll be like, oh, if I did that, that wouldn't be good enough. But now that you're doing it, it's great. <laughs> anyway, sorry. That was a bit of a weird... That's a bit of a tangent, but, you know, we're just yeah. talking about our episode. So if you have anything you'd like to submit to us, maybe there's something we say all the time that you'd really like us to tell us to fucking stop. Yeah. You can send that to us in email form yeah, at fmedeadpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at fuckmedeadpod. Keep up to date on where episodes are released and more. We'll share the picture of um, Mr. Joyce getting hit in the face of a dildo. Yes. And if also our metal head-wearing caterpillar. Yeah. Might try and find the YouTube link for the uh, John Oliver. Right. Okay. Yep. That was pretty funny. I did watch it. So probably okay. try and link that. If not, just Google it. Just Google dildo john oliver i think it comes up (laughs) what a google search (laughs) 
Uh, all this information will be available in the episode notes. And you can also find it on our website at fuckbedadpodcast.com, which has a list of ways you can listen to us. And you can also listen to the episodes from the website directly because the future is now. Okay, Subscribe if you have the time and leave us a that. review. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of tone changes there that I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> yeah. Is that it? Are we done? That's it. I'm done. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, thank you for listening this week, and uh, we'll be back at the same time next week. For episode 30-something. 37. 37 already. God. <laughs> I don't know. I was listening to a podcast, and they were saying they were up to 160-something, and I'm like, wow, we are nowhere near that. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye.